guys. Here we are. What a lot of. Um, I feel like I've been waiting for years to settle the score. <laughs> what a what a really uh, regular title for this movie. Yeah, I feel like it was the same thing with that movie Two Eleven, and uh, he had another movie that was called The Runner. I mean, even I, I, even a movie seeking, like The Trust, like what does yeah. that name tell you about the movie? Right. Yeah. yeah I yeah. kept confusing this one with Seeking Justice. Dude, I can't think. I, so I watched this weird movie the other night starring Guy Pierce, and then it got me thinking about just how I've seen Guy Pierce in movies and how I am very divided on his on his career. And then, but but it got me thinking a lot about that fucking movie Seeking Justice. Yeah, because he's so basically <laughs> to yet yeah, just to catch you up. Yeah. Uh, there's this movie called Seeking Justice, co-starring Cage and Guy Pierce as like the main bad guy, and. And Guy Guy Pierce is like the head of like a vigilante group where husbands whose like wives or girlfriends have been sexually assaulted like basically go like vigilante on the on the guys that did it. Uh, and it's this weird like mafia kind of like organized crime underground ring. But Guy Pierce is wearing like a, gr- a wrinkled gray suit the entire movie, and his head is like shaved. Yeah. And it like it looks like a chrome dome because the lights always kind of glinting off of it weird. And it just yeah. gives his whole head a really weird like uh, like um, stretched. His face looks like stretched this way. Kind of. It's really un- it's kind of weird to look at. Hey, well, he's got kind of like a he's got kind of a weird like head and neck shape, like not weird, but just like. When he's a really obviously like a very handsome man, but when you take all of his hair off, suddenly he looks like a baby bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Okay. Anyway, um, let's let's do a proper do, intro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, welcome back to another thrilling episode of Heat Seeking Panther. I'm Miles. This is my co-host Dave. Dave. And this is our very special guest. Say hello to yet. Hi, Tiet. Hey, I just got you guys right there. You like that one? Um, I love it. I'm Tiet. I'm your special guest. Yeah, uh, and you are on a, a wonderful um, horror podcast called Bunk 237, uh, horror movie podcast. That's how you pronounce it, right? <laughs> That's correct, yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, also yeah. also you're just, I know you from my life. We're friends also. That's so. correct, yes. <laughs> also from uh, Miles's life. Uh, and I also do a podcast, Bunk 237, uh, horror movie podcast which I co-host with my friend Robin Zlotnick. It's a very fun podcast where we live inside of a fictional camp and we talk horror movies and we give out merit badges like the housekeeping badge for bloodiest bathroom cleanup. Uh, (laughs) That is fun. Well, Miles and I live in this uh, fictional camp where we just force each other to watch increasingly bad Nicolas Cage movies for five years. <laughs> there is an impressive number of Nicolas Cage movies in general. Just the filmography is incredible. I got to say, like, this one, this one got me. Like, I was not <laughs> ready this week for, like... I I felt like my like Nicolas Cage reality had started to like fold in on itself because everything about this movie is was so like stock and and yes. like like there's not an like it, there's not an original thought in the whole movie and not only that but 
different tropes that it's doing we've seen in other almost as shitty Nicolas Cage movies. And it, it felt like a weird patchwork of this like later part of his career, like these, yeah, movies like two Eleven or a score to settle or, or something like where I was like, I've definitely seen this before, but also like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it broke, uh, like I got halfway through and I looked outside and the sun was shining and I was like, Never mind. <laughs> I, I, I like. I turned it off and went outside. I needed like a break from it, and I, I've yeah. never done that before. Uh, I agree. When I that it is a complete Frankenstein of a movie, and like every every like you know every uh, three or four scenes, I'd be like, oh, is this a this is a gangster movie? This is like a, is this like some sort of a family drama? This is like a ghost story suddenly. Um, and I I thought that it was sort of like, if you fed like the script to every Nicolas Cage movie into like a robot, and then that generated a script, that would be this movie. Yeah, so this is a phenomena that we've come across a handful of times in in the last couple years of his career, uh, where we feel legitimately like the movies are written by AI. Like they feed them plot points and then they feed them other movies like this one. And then it gives them a script. Yeah. But, but this one, there was something so uncanny Valley about the way that while I was watching it, I was like to yet, you're right. Every couple scenes, it feels like it has pivoted very, uh, uh, like I, I would say less pivoted and more stumbled into like a, a completely different movie. Yes. Every yeah. couple yeah. scenes, it can't make up its mind on tone. Uh, character no. motivation is out the window. And, n- and when nil. it's there, it's just the most rote, like this yeah. guy is mad and wants revenge or like this yeah. guy needs money. Like, and you're <laughs> just, and, and then it's just every couple scenes you're like, wait a minute. I, I don't know if like, even to the point where I didn't understand specific character motivations of the same person from scene to scene. (laughs) No, not at all. And and, and sometimes you, yeah, it it like, uh, well, it's, I don't want to talk about the ending yet, but like I, the whole time I was like, so why is, why is everything so vague? Like why, (laughs) you know, it, it it was, and then I realized that it was all just uh, to like that, it felt felt like it was paying off for all of that with the ending by like not giving us like pertinent, just basic details about who these people are and why they're doing what they're doing. <laughs> like, um, it's kind of like, I, I, it's like a turducken of a, of a movie where it's like a stock gangster revenge story uh-huh. stuffed inside of a stock family drama <laughs> stuffed inside of a stock terminal disease story. And Oh like, yeah. Cause that's the other thing that shoehorned in is this is not a spoiler, yeah. but he's dying yeah. the whole time from acute yeah. insomnia. I, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, he like wrote can't it down. sleep. Is that real? <laughs> and if he doesn't sleep, he'll die. Like, <laughs> What? Yeah. Strange. Like they could have given, and then that's why he was released from prison. Fatal sporadic insomnia. I mean, it's like a Freddy Krueger situation. Like, why can't he go to sleep? What's wrong? <laughs> and yet, yeah. yet, yet, you forget about that throughout the whole movie. Like, I kept having. Well, because to presumably he's awake for weeks at a time, but is still yeah. operating like cons and heists and like full-on assassinations to like. 
to like right. criminals. Yeah. And, you know, at what point is the warden at the prison? Like, well, I don't know. He's going to die. So I guess we'll just let him go. <laughs> but also that you would just take at face value. This guy can't sleep. Therefore you have to release him. I'd be like, oh. no, that's what do you mean? That's bullshit. What do you mean? He can't sleep. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it's terminal. I, love that it's terminal that is that makes no sense that makes insane that is insane like all the terminal diseases they could have given him that would have <laughs> that would have fulfilled that that yeah. plot they, role of yeah. just getting him out of prison totally. they could have well they could have been cancer him... it could have been a stroke it could have been anything he could have also finished his sentence like they didn't have to make <laughs> right at the reason he could have been sick and just, you know what I mean? Like, I understand the whole terminal sickness was that to give him some sort of motivation to go like, sure, you know, nothing to settle lose. a score. Right. Yes. Uh, but it's just so weird. <laughs> I mean, they could have so given him weird. something that gave him the insomnia. Like they could have given him any amount of disease that where that was a side effect. Right. Or like, mo- <laughs> yeah, totally. and that's, and that's not, that's not smart. Like that's not even a good, like that's still fucking stock as hell. But this movie didn't even get there. It was just like, he dies from the insomnia. <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> Fatal sporadic insomnia. Like, it, you know, like, I'm used to being talked down to by a stupid movie. Like that's that that's like one of the worst feelings, but like where you're watching something that clearly thinks it's smart and is and like it's putting one over on you with a really great twisty storyline, but you're like, This sucks, dude. I've seen this movie ten billion times. Like I'm used to that at this point, but I'm not used to it being done this poorly. Like this was talking down like past me just straight into the floor like this was this wasn't this the just staring at its shoes just mumbling a plot this is is a child's idea of what a movie written by adults would be yes totally yes it's like you've seen a couple movies on tv or while your parents were watching them at night (laughs) you know what i mean and then you're like like, oh that's what adult movies are it's a cross between like a like a gangster revenge movie and like Shawshank Redemption, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, And I yeah. spent like a lot of the early part of the movie, like the first half of the movie, it kept flashing back to that first scene that happens. Like it opens in the 90s at some point, which it's crazy that that's like the 30 years ago or whatever, you know, right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the mid 90s. But like um, it kept flashing back to that in ways where I, you know, I was supposed to, understand the significance of this scene i guess this was the the moment i mean in retrospect knowing how the movie ends i get it now that this was the pivotal moment for which he must seek revenge he has a score to settle but it doesn't give us anything about it like i don't know if he's there i thought he was there throughout was was he in the in the very the very first in the very scene, beginning the, was he one of the guys who went outside? Uh, yeah, he was one of the guys that was like watching, like on the sidelines, watching the the whole thing, like the baseball torture. The, but what, it's happening. <laughs> okay, let we'll come back to it. Okay, <laughs> Dave, I I think you can be forgiven for being this confused about it. And I will say, I yeah, I only know that because I after I watched the movie, I like read the synopsis. Oh, like, okay. On, just because I was like. 
hold up, what happened? Because <laughs> it doesn't really, it's not very obvious, obvious. It doesn't really make a lot of sense that first scene and or why he's in prison and or why he's like uh, like on hell bent on revenge against his old mafia bosses, you know? Um, and I, I only know that because I read reviews and synopsis and things. I, I did not, I'm a smart person, I think, and I did not figure <laughs> that out like at all. No, I think, yeah, I, I didn't do that. So, um, well, because the AI is relying on you having seen all the movies that got put into its algorithm to begin with. <laughs> so you already know the references and where it's going. I will say for a movie that is like wildly forgettable, I like did not stop thinking about it for like the full day afterwards. I was like, yeah, but this I just is kept I- coming back to like, what did I watch? Was that it? Did I like that because it was bad? It's bad in like a really, it, it's bad in such it's, an, an unspecific way yeah, that I don't even know. I don't even know why it's bad. And like, it's yeah. almost. Yes. Be, because it's just doing things that other movies do. It's definitely but, but just it's doing just things. But it just doesn't make sense. But it becomes like a gray blob of a, of yeah. a thing instead of like a defined piece of work. Right. Well, and, and again, like, you know we're i think we're becoming connoisseurs now of some sort of of like this of like these kind of straight to fucking vod tax shelter kind of like bullshit yeah exactly exactly. i I can't even i don't even want to call it hollywood it's like there there's just some level of the film industry that's like yeah just just like five to ten million dollar movies or not even that much for some of them i feel like it's seven or eight million even with cage involved even though he usually takes most of the budget right yeah he takes the lion's share (laughs) but like i'm used to okay i'm used to like dumb lazy things that nobody cared about that they like put put (laughs) together and uh you know just messes of a movie that is yeah clearly just like the tax shelter for some i don't know albanian like uh crime lord or something (laughs) whose grandson is into movies or whatever like i'm used to that tone and i'm i'm used to like weird like sort of passion projects from like i'm thinking about the the frozen ground like a a movie where like people were passionate about it who were making it and yet they're just not talented enough to make something distinctive and so it's just kind of like gruel just thin gruel but this is something even weirder and more monotone like it I, I think people had good intentions making it or, or meant to make a movie that was a m- real movie. And yet, like, I, I just, I, I tried looking up the director. What's his name? Um, Sean Koo. Sean Koo. Yeah. Yeah. And to figure out what his deal was. And even <laughs> that, like, he seems like a fucking AI. Yeah, because he's only got this. I think every credit before this one were it was all TV or, like, uh, TV movies and he directed some episodes. No, he, he did stuff. a he, he did a movie called like something that sounded weird. That was like a like a comedy about a necrophilia. I think. <laughs> um, but you guys, what if this movie is like all deep fakes? <laughs> and, and no one is real in this. But that's what not it even feels the director. Like, it feels like what the if whole movie everyone is, a is deep fake. fake, right? Yes. 
if we're living in a simulation right now and everybody outside of yourself, like you look out your window and your neighbors are in their houses, but they are just simulations of their neighbors. This is what they're watching on the TV. This is like a hologram of a movie for fake people. Right. It's like, it's like the things that they put on the fringes. You yeah, know what I mean? Where it's like, like when you, when you play the Sims and the Sims are listening to Ooh. music, yeah. like right. that's what this he, is. Yeah. Was this movie made to be in the background of other movies? You know, just like yeah. when TV characters are watching like fake TV shows, exactly. And fake movies, like so they just had all of this footage with Nick Cage in it, and they were like, "I guess we'll just make a whole movie. We'll release it as a real movie." But they just like shot stock footage. You might as well. You have to maximize your uh, your um, content nowadays. So <laughs> yeah, th- this was just made for a library, and was then they were like, "Was this produced by yeah. Getty Images?" <laughs> yeah, and it has the taglines, you know, crime movie, uh, totally. family, it's you know, a, a score to settle. I mean, I think that's right there in the title. <laughs> it's like the yeah. stock photo version of a bunch of other movies. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, uh, let's get into the plot. Let's talk about um, the I feel actual. Like we've been talking about thing. it for an hour already, but yeah, let's <laughs> fucking go. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, what so, is this movie I, about? A score to settle. Well, it opens on a scene that um, is pivotal, and yet oh, Dave, I I'm, was. I'm really sorry to swoop in, but I just want to say right off the top, the opening credits. We have a. This is a Saturn production. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I uh, noticed that um, too. To yet, in case you're not in the loop, Saturn Productions <laughs> is Nick Cage's like production company. Basically, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He, he like owns he owns a stake in this production company. And they have a, a weird. This, his company produced this movie yes. that he stars in. Yes, that's really bad. It's happened a couple times. Saturn Saturn isn't super prolific. Like he's been in way yeah. more movies than Saturn has produced. But mm-hmm. every once in a while, be, it'll be like a Saturn production at the front of it, one of these fucking movies. It, and it's it's like a that's sporadic incredible. like their track record. Like there's a couple. Like the first one is Shadow of a Vampire. I think is the first Saturn film, which okay. it feels like very like. Yes, this is why someone like Nicolas Cage should have a, a production company is to make movies yeah. like this, but it should not be for movies like this. Uh, do they produce things other than Nicolas Cage movies or is it only Nicolas Cage movies? They've done a couple yeah, other things. They've done a few. I, I think at this point it probably is a, the bulk of their stuff is Cage movies. How weird. What, yeah. Like, what's it like to be the other dude or or people who run Saturn films with Nicolas Cage? Comes through the offices like Tasmanian Devil style every once in a while, just <laughs> rambling nonsense with all of these crazy ideas or trying to introduce his friend who has like a fucking movie he wants to pitch or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but like, see, here's the thing. I'm looking at it, the Wikipedia for it right now, and there's like... Like Bad Lieutenant, Protocol of New Orleans, Shadow of the Vampire, the National Treasure movies, um, Lord of War, Family Man, but also like Sunny, Trespass, Bangkok Dangerous, Stolen, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Knowing, and Kill Chain, which we haven't gotten to yet, but... uh, Dude, I'm so excited for Kill Chain. I don't want to know anything else except what the title is before I watch it. It sounds like the sickest movie ever, only based on the title. <laughs> and weirdly, uh, the Kevin Spacey movie, The Life of David Gale. Uh, oh, yeah. And A Thousand Words with Eddie Murphy. Um, Wait, is this production company a front to launder money? <laughs> to find <I>, launder money. <laughs> <laughs> 
some of these titles in these movies and like I this feel movie like in some like, respects nick cage involved in any kind of production is yeah. at a certain <laughs> level to launder money yeah he, 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 he's like yeah it, it, he's a a useful um person to cast in a thing if you want to move big sums of money around <laughs> i think and and also just get no and and just make sure that no one asks any questions right, you know because right, it's right. like oh it's nick cage he gives it legitimacy so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Wh- where do why all this money well nick cage only eats the brown m&ms you know right. like <laughs> So, so I'm sorry to yet. What, what was your question about laundering money? That was it. I'm just wondering if if that's why this movie exists. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, potentially. Probably. Yeah. Um. Are, okay. So the first scene. Can one of you guys describe the first scene? Because clearly, I'm still confused about it. Do you want to take this one? It opens uh, if and from memory, and I only I only watched it the one time a few days ago. But see, it opens. They're in a warehouse. Is that correct? And then yes. also, like, right? They're in a warehouse. There's a guy uh, that is strapped to a chair, very uh, surrounded by other dudes, real mafia style uh, torture vibes, very violent pre-credits feel, which like right when it started, I was like, oh, this feels very like late nineties kind of cinema. You know, it was like a a lot of very uh, like the gratuitous violence of the nineties. For a second, I thought it was going to be grittier. Like the tone would be grittier overall based on just the first couple minutes. I was on board. I, I thought it would, yeah, just be like a fun, like nasty, like crime movie, which I was into. Yeah, and then, um, so what? Their mafia boss is. Well, yeah, he's like swinging the baseball bat, and, and yeah, the, yeah, the and guy's like, like giving him tips, bat. tips on it, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the one guy's like, "Hey, you swing like a girl or whatever," <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, just dudes hanging out, talking like dudes, talking like normal people. And uh, and two people go outside, right? Like it's revealed that he's swinging this baseball bat, and there's a dude tied to a chair. Two people go outside, and then they're like talking about something that doesn't matter in the least. And then <laughs> they come back in. And is that Nicolas Cage and uh, Q? Uh, what's that actor's name? Uh, Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, exactly. And the one of them that's supposed to be Cage like really, really looks like Cage. And that's because mm-hmm. that is literally Cage's nephew. What? Yeah, his name is Bailey Coppola. And he's Whoa. Uh, he's Chris Coppola's son. No. Yes. What? <laughs> yeah, so this is this is a family affair, this movie. Much Yo. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, this has happened quite a handful of times. Holy shit. Dude, he looks just like Cajun Dude, Valley I know. Girl. I know it's crazy because when I first oh my god when I was first watching it, I was like, "Damn, they cast someone that looked just like Cage." Yeah. I was impressed, and then I when I found out, I was like, "Oh, that makes sense. This is his nephew." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's why." Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he was in the Bling Ring as Wasted Boy. <laughs> Sick. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and, and, and they, so Cage and the person who will soon be played by Benjamin Bratt go back inside and the boss is beating up the dude in the chair with the, the baseball bat, right? Yeah, to opera, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Oh, God. It was like a montage to opera, which is the one, the, one of these things I hate in these kind of movies is where they put like classical music oh, or right. some shit over someone, over some like really gory death or like beating it just has totally. been done a bazillion also, times. Where does that come from? Does that also come from the nineties? Scorsese. It's a it's a Scorsese yeah. rip. It's just like blatant. 
and so unimaginative. Like the to every like you see the fucking you know the radio that's playing Italian opera or whatever, and then you see the hand like turn up the dial, yeah. and then they they go to like beat up the dude in the chair. It's just like the kind of thing that you see you, it has been done so many times that it's like you're supposed to be witnessing some like horrific act of violence that this whole narrative is like hinging on but i just feel nothing i was like looking at my right. phone i was like uh-huh well this was like the first instance where you were like i've seen this i've i've seen this like yeah. torture scene in the dark warehouse with the like with the like the loud opera like the mafia like opera torture scene like already three minutes in oh i've seen this this is yeah and okay so yes okay uh mafia movie got it yeah but just when yeah. you think you figured it out. Mm-hmm. So so cut to Cage in the hospital. Um being we don't see him in jail, but we are to informed that he is being released from jail. What so okay, why was he in oh okay, because he took He took the fall for the murder yeah. of the guy that was in the chair for the mafia boss. Why would okay. Well, they they, they they explain it at the end, but but the catch is is that even if you were following along and you understood as the movie was going on, which is already very difficult to do, you still yes. they still would have to they still have to give you the info at the end. Someone still has I to mean, explain they, it. Well, it. Like it they doesn't explain that they explained that he thought it was gonna be he was only gonna go away for six years, but um, which also sounds crazy for murder. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he for beat beating a guy someone to death. to death with a bat. Yes, that's crazy. it's like six years max. What? That's insane. That oh, makes no sense. Oh, but the person in the chair wasn't. It wasn't his son, right? What? No. 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 Nic- Nicholas Cage's son. Yeah. No. Because no, didn't no. they flash back on? Okay. That, Sorry. Go that's on. A- different murder right? yeah <laughs> different but it happened but it also murder. but it also happened okay while he was sitting in a chair in the in the same place <laughs> yes oh, they, right. they don't for, make this for, clear so they flash I had back to look it they up flashed. afterward because it's not oh god dave it's I okay it's not your fault <laughs> i understand now and i'm even more upset right so yeah more they nonsense. couldn't have thought of all right fuck i don't right. like yes all right let's keep going through the thing. and why cage uh decided to take the fall also is very unclear like yeah they don't say being a good lackey i guess i would have i would i wanted so many details of like who was the dude in the chair what how was this discovered like yeah why is it happening right. in the first place how was it discovered why what is cage's relationship with the mafia boss why would he take the fall um, for why would he go to prison for yeah. what he thought would be six years? What give me anything, and it doesn't give yeah. me any. Part I'm, of part of I'm why mad, he, you guys. <laughs> part of part of why he uh, did take the fall was a trade, like a trade deal that like his son and his family would get four hundred fifty thousand dollars, which oh, like right. doesn't okay. seem like that much money, but that that's also another thing. In in nineteen nineties dollars. That was. Think about how many pogs and Ninja Turtles <laughs> things you could buy with. with uh, that like how money. much Capri Sun yeah. you could drink with Think that. Think about how many Spice Girls CDs you could buy with that. <laughs> really yeah. spice up your life. So I'm picturing his mafia bosses at the beginning there being like, "Yo, uh, here's 450k, six years in prison, take this murder, 
and then we're squared and Nicolas Cage. I, I, what is his character's name? Is it Frank? Frank? Uh, his yeah. his Frank. name is Frankie Fingers. <laughs> right. Which also, Dave, I, I can't remember specifically which movie it was because they all blend together in my brain after a while. But this is at least the second movie where he's played a character named Frank. Named like, Frank. Like in the last couple of years, like he's played a cop or a dad or somebody named Frank uh, uh, at least twice already. Yes. I can see that. Frankie Fingers is a, is another cool sort of like um, uh, mafia generated, nick, like a generated nickname from like, what's your mafia name.com, you know? Yeah. It sounds like when they, when you get the old like Wu-Tang name generator. On the yeah, internet. totally. <laughs> exactly. Um, he w- he was named Frank in Bringing Out the Dead, and will soon be named Frank in Primal in 2019. Um, I mean, he does look like a Frank. Yeah, I mean, his he uncle really, is a Frank. He carries that. He carries that name, I think, Frank, pretty well. Frankie Ford Coppola. <laughs> you know? I feel like his career would have been different if he'd gone by Frankie. Frankie. <laughs> uh, this movie does a weird fucking thing, like throughout the entire movie but more so where it's just sh- like shots of people talking where they'll just, they'll put the camera on like a weird angle and it's just like a medium shot of, of some dialogue, yeah. you know? And, and I'm just I, like, yeah. well, I'm like, I know it's boring and you feel like you have to do something, but it adds <laughs> even more to the, to the weird sense that like yes. no one yeah, specific yeah. person was actually in charge of this <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, no, every... it feels like the algorithm yeah. was like, this yeah. has been too much dialogue. So we have to change it up <laughs> without any like compositional thought of like right. how, yeah, the sense of space or, or movement or anything that signifies anything. Like I noticed right. that in um, this one scene, this scene where, um, he and his son are outside the hotel and his son is like leaving or some shit. And he's, uh, he's like, I don't want to stay in a hotel. And he's like, wait, uh, I went here with your mom. And he like holds up the picture of him and his mom at the same stupid looking awful hotel. Yeah. And, but the staging is just, they're standing there and Nick Cage like moves a step towards him and just holds out the picture. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they're both just standing there with their, uh, the other arms just hanging at their sides, just like, and the camera is like cutting around them. Like it's supposed to be interesting, but the staging is just dog shit. Yeah. Uh, uh- Speaking of time and space not making any sense, it was like the, in the beginning after he gets that diagnosis and then he gets released from prison and it's the middle of the night. Yes. Yeah. And then, and so like how his son meets him then on the side of the highway and he's walking yeah. and it's the middle right. of the night. He just meets his dad at like 11 p.m. on like the side of an abandoned highway, like down the road yes. from the fucking prison. And then he's like, well, I don't have a car. And the cage is like, it's okay. I've been inside for a long time. I could use the walk. And then they just walk on down the highway. (laughs) And then they call a cab. Why didn't they call the cab in the first place? Like in the prison. (laughs) Why is it the middle of the night? Do they do that in prison? Yeah. Well, I guess now's a good time. I mean, yeah, it's very chill to just release people. And and this is like the third... This is the third sequence in the movie after, you know, we, it doesn't even tell us that it jumped forward in time. Like, and the 90s signifiers in the first uh, scene are not like, so I, you I, you can kind of put it together just the way that they cut to him in the hospital 
like you can kind of tell what they mean, but it's still not holding your hand in a way that would have been helpful of it's like dude with a baseball bat killing a dude. Then Nick Cage has insomnia and the one, the nurse is like, you need to not, you need to go to sleep. If you don't sleep, you'll die. You'll die. I'm going to give you pills to go to sleep. And he's like, thanks. And she's like, you're not going to take the pills, are you? And he's like, no. And (laughs) you know, I I have a score to settle or whatever. And, and then he's just, and then it's the middle of the night and he's walking down the road and he meets somebody who is just his son. And can we talk about this fucking actor? (laughs) The son? Yes. Noah Legros. Awful. Awful. I was offended. I mean, he, he he wasn't given anything to work with, to be fair. The script is horrendous. Yes, that's true. But you saw Cage was chewing it up. He didn't. Yeah. He, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like all things considered, Cage gave an okay performance. Yeah. With I mean, nothing to work with. He's absolutely the best part of the movie. <laughs> It's yeah. Just, oh, by and, it, and he's not he's not good, but he no. but he's he, but he's there. He's present. Yeah. He's infusing it with some sort of something. Right, this right, guy right. playing another stock character, the the uh yeah. w- you know, wayward former junkie son who yeah. has a like a strained relationship with uh, his dad, you know, now he's out of jail. He, he hasn't, they haven't seen each other for 19 years. And now here they are meeting up on the side of the highway. And, uh, you know, they have all this like history between them and, um, you know, it should be really loaded, but this kid just wanders up with his hoodie, like tight around his little face and his body just like stock still kind of just, he's like, <laughs> Hey, Hey dad. He's like, oh, you know, it's been a long time. He's like, yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's been too long. I didn't see you. Like, he's like a little bit mad, but it's just like, okay, let's walk away now. Right. Like, fucking terrible. At this I, point in the movie, like, am I supposed to believe that his son also, like, hasn't visited him at all in prison? Well, I also, yeah, I, I also for a long time at the at the front of the movie was assuming I was assuming well into the movie actually that there was the other shoe was going to drop and that this mm-hmm. was not his son at all but he was getting conned. Yeah, I thought either, he was getting granted. That either... would have been a better twist. That would have yeah. been a much more interesting yeah. twist. Like and it would somehow relate to his old mob guys or there was like someone right. trying yep. to con him and using this decoy as his son. Uh, I thought it I thought it was his son but his son was had his own score to settle. <laughs> And and the 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 scene where I thought that was going like where I, my spidey sense started tingling with that was the scene with Simone where uh, they get the they hire the sex worker. Um, yeah. But uh, let's let's keep going through. Let's not get there quite yet because it's like they go. They, they go walk back to the house. They walk right, to a right. A, oh, right, and there, there's a they thing the in, in the backyard. Um, that had like Nick Cage (laughs) digs up a box with baseball cards, a baseball bat and a bunch of money. Yeah. He loves baseball bats that he made. So that's not, that's not gone into at all. No, no, no explanation about why he has made multiple solid (laughs) maple bats. And I I thought it was whole for 19 years. Well, I thought it was like that in prison, like like making license plates or something like they made Louisville sluggers. Okay, but did he bring those with him from the prison? 
Well, and why was and why was there an old one in the in the box? Because that one was was bloodstained. So that's that's the one one that was used to kill the dude in the beginning. Right. Okay. And if that's the case, why is the baseball bat his character's signature weapon? If this is all a revenge for the baseball, the the guy killing somebody else with a baseball bat for his boss, like it's just poor. It's so poorly done. Yeah. I don't normally get this yeah. upset, but it's just like, I, yeah, I can only like, assume that the scriptwriter was like trying to make some sort of father son, some generic father son like uh, connection between like baseball, baseball bats and like playing catch as a kid. You know what I mean? Right. And so like, and because like as a kid, like the thing that they shared was baseball cards, like the um, Frank and his son, and somehow. That was the. I'm not saying that it makes any sense, but I I can see this tenuous, like it, like very thin, thin. I'm just thread. saying, like this is basic, like narrative, like symbolism. If baseball, <laughs> yeah. if we're supposed to uh, uh, like think about baseball in connection with him and his son as like a good thing, and the or like him making baseball bats as some like righteous weapon, then don't have the bad guy also using the baseball bat for the thing. Like, it's just, unless you're really good at weaving those two things together, like it's, they don't give us enough information to do it. And it's just, it's not, it's not even lazy. It's just brainless. (laughs) It's empty. So he gets this bag of money and, and the, and the evidence for the murder that he was put away for essentially. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, that somehow got buried in this backyard. Who did that? Oh, also, I'm really sorry. I feel like it's taking us forever to get through this. But, Dave, I do need to point this out because I took a note. This is the second movie in a row where Cage's character has, like, a nostalgic me- memory uh, trip inside of the burned-out house that he used to live oh in. Oh, my God. You're right. Right? It's, like, the same exact What was the other piece. movie? The last one we watched. It's uh, called Between oh. Worlds. And right. at the end, Cage... Uh, a whole bunch of shit happens it doesn't matter in the movie but then the last scene is where cage goes back to the house that yeah. burned down with his wife and daughter in it Sarah. Uh, and and then and then he's like rolling around in the ashes and picking up like old toys of his daughters and like crying and having like flashbacks about about it it's, it's pretty fun yeah. honestly but then he also essentially does the same thing in this one when he goes back to his old house so right. say what you yes. will yeah. say what you will about between worlds but it had personality to spare dude and <laughs> that and that is the crazy thing about that kind of movie versus this kind of movie is that i wouldn't say that inherently if you're looking at it as like a film that between worlds <laughs> on paper is more successful than this one but when you're watching it you can tell that that director i mean dave this is going to sound <laughs> ridiculous but you said it last time it's like an auteur film yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Like as it bad is. as it is, like you can every single frame you can see the director like inserting her like vision into it as opposed right. to this one. And it swings for the oh. fences. Like it tries things. Like yeah. this 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 t- doesn't try anything. This there's, tries there's nothing, zero there's things. nothing being <laughs> right. If this is trying anything, it's the same way that like a computer in the blockchain like tries to de-encrypt something. You know, it's just <laughs> like it's like running through simulations and 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 things that it's just yeah. I don't know because I think that yeah, the scenes following like after they pick up the money and then they like 
it it's this is the part where in my brain I was like oh wait is this a family drama like it's like a family drama road trip story when they're driving around yeah um, so so they they pick up the Louisville the bloody Louisville slugger in the bag <laughs> full of cash and they go to uh this hotel that yes had some significance between Nick Cage and this kid's mom who we can then infer is dead but it doesn't really again go into anything about why you know there's no emotional tether to that for us at all it just it's one of the every other thing in the movie where it's just like dead wife that you know the end like that does the emotional work for you dead wife right 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 um and um Oh, there's a scene. So then now it's like a family drama and he and his son are just living in this posh hotel. What did you guys think of the hotel itself? Kind of tacky, honestly. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Also kind of anonymous in the same way that this movie is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also had, uh, well, just with the way everything was unfolding where he was like, okay, I got a bunch, I have $450,000 and I'm going to show you the time of your life. And maybe it's just because like, I'm trying to be a, like in my logical, practical brain. I was like, oh, maybe you guys should save that money or invest it. Like how much is this hotel costing a night? You're just going to like blow all this money living in a hotel for a week. You're not even sleeping in the bed. Yeah. Yeah. And then and, there's about um, 15 minutes of the movie where they're doing he and his son are doing like superficially fancy things like oh, buying it's a shop there's a shopping dinners. montage yeah. it's yeah. the pretty woman montage yeah, it's like god you're yes. right it is of all the tropes it, there's a fucking pretty woman montage they go and <laughs> they buy suits for each other yeah and try and, them on and they get that car they get yeah. the car <laughs> And, and then Cage is like, vroom, yeah. vroom. You hear that? <laughs> or whatever. When he's oh. like revving the engine and they're doing donuts, remember? Okay. Um, yeah. you, you, I have a theory um, because that Cage was actually driving that car. Like that wasn't a mm-hmm. stock. Like they had the, the camera in the car with him. Cage is like famously enjoys uh, expensive, fast vehicles. Um, I think because I couldn't find any information from him, no interviews or anything about why he took this movie. I think he, they like, they were like, you get to drive the car. And he was like, <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> Cause that scene, it's... like that's the most genuine emotion that he or <laughs> Noah LaGrosse have in the whole thing. Like the shots yeah. of them doing donuts, they're having a blast. And again, it was at this point where I was like, well, that was a weird false start, but I guess this is the kind of movie we're going to watch now. Totally, but yeah. then it's not after the next yeah. scene. Because then it goes back into being like an old mob revenge movie. Like after their like, after their whole like, you know, father-son shopping mm. trip, it goes back into being a mob movie. I don't, I'm not a car guy. I don't really know cars, but I guess that is a Corvette, a Chevrolet Corvette, which once again is the most stock choice right. that could possibly be like, made. Rich guy buys Corvette. Corvette. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. And still so nonsensical to me. The whole shopping extravaganza Dude, thing. Right? Especially this car, because like, I was like, how much in today's money, in, t- in today's money that is the, pr- the present time um uh, <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. in 2019 money <laughs> but like again my brain is thinking like all right 450,000 getting all this stuff but I was like what's this kid gonna do like he still to you know how much taxes yeah. that car probably costs <laughs> or just to like keep it registered or just to like you know what I mean I was like maintenance mm-hmm. I was like this 
have a job? What's he doing? This isn't this isn't helping him at all. Isn't it fishy if you just walk into a dealership with like seventy thousand dollars and you're like, okay, yeah. give me that fucking Corvette right there. <laughs> like with stacks of money. Also, why are you no. spending all that money on a Corvette? You gotta save that shit. You just got out That's of prison. What I'm you saying. don't know how anything works. You don't know what the internet yeah. is. You don't know what an yeah. iPhone is. You have to learn how to like get he's reacclimated and it's gonna take he, time and you're gonna need money no he's gonna die <laughs> yes. soon he, he he knows he he can't fall asleep he's the, yeah. right 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 yeah the, and there uh and there is something comical in sort of movie logic where like nick cage is walking around with like a big bag of money and bets and yes. i'm like that seems heavy <laughs> like I, that's I, so I, heavy I, to be walking around with that bag yeah, yeah. Not only is he just lugging that around everywhere, looking just like he uh, he hasn't slept in weeks and look, <laughs> looking really rough, and then like rolling back into the hotel in the Corvette, <laughs> like <laughs> totally. <laughs> but um, because this movie is so bland, even that like just didn't even like it doesn't even register as like a thing that is you know incongruous it's just like poorly thought out it's just like a weird uh, simulation anyway wait i want i want to yeah. talk about the scene where um he goes and buys guns um yes because yes. that <laughs> that yes. uh in the middle of like hanging out and palling around with his son and making up for lost time um <laughs> they uh he's he keeps slipping out in the night and he uh goes to uh, the house of his old gun hookup who was named sleepy, who is apparently dead now. And, um, his operation is run by his daughter. And th <laughs> once again, an actor who like the kind of like Noah LaGrosse was like just very conventionally attractive. And they cast her as like the super tough, like, chick and she she looks so she look she's like swimming in that bulletproof vest and he comes in and and he's he's like oh i didn't think that you were the one running things and she's like why because i don't have a dick <laughs> it's just not real and she's also vaping no. that whole scene too yeah which is yeah, which, yeah, is, yeah, which yeah. is a choice for sure <laughs> yeah um, but that, that whole thing doesn't need to happen. Never comes back. Like she is not a, a person that matters in the story at all. Ne they never no. return to it. Nope. Um, but, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah. What, what were you going to get to next, uh, miles? How oh, do we was, get out of this? I was going to talk about Benjamin Bratt, how he reconnects with him. Right. You know, what's his uh, name? Q? Q. Q. Yes. But, Which... but not like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Okay. I I, feel, yeah. I don't know if QAnon was a thing yet when they made this movie. But that seems <laughs> oh like, shit! <laughs> that seems like a, a a little you walk you kind of walked right into that one. But okay, <laughs> if that's what you're going with, God, if only that was a, an actual choice, this movie would be so much more interesting. Um, um, yeah, yeah, then, yeah, it's Benjamin Bratt shows up for like one scene, and you're like, well, that's the only kind of semi like famous person in this movie so there's no way that this ends the way that it seems like you know because he shows yeah. up and and he like pulls a gun on him yeah but he also it's like benjamin like cute like his whole character is like at first he's like well i'm out i'm out of the business i just like own a bar now or whatever 
Um, but it is sort of like, well, that can't be true. Yeah, well, and they, <laughs> I know that based on just, I know that. I know that that's not true at all. Well, they have just a complete like non-conversation otherwise. Like there's no, there's no reason for that scene to happen unless it was setting up um, you, you know, something further, you know, like Q to betray him later because but that's or also whatever. Why this movie is extra confusing because they have so many of these scenes that seem like vestiges of other yes. scenes that at yes. some point before it was rewritten that meant they had, something that they explained yeah. or they gave insight into something that has since been cut from the movie. So you have yeah. all these like weird scenes where they're ha- where they're having a dialogue. You know, Cage is talking with people. And then they reference things or people that like never come up again. So you're constantly following this trail of like, wait, how are all these mafia people connected? But then at the end, it doesn't matter. And they explain a whole different twist that they weren't setting up the whole time by the end. (laughs) I had no idea who anybody was. Same. All of the, all of the characters that like that Frank goes to see and like get like, stuff from or guns or talks to or whatever i'm like i have no idea how you fit in this world are you in the mob i think so what's well, your role in the mob there's what there's is this sleepy place? there's tank there's uh what f- jimmy the dragon or whatever yeah um, yeah jimmy yeah the dragon <laughs> yeah and it's yeah the dragon and it's like how are they a part of the conspiracy against you know like against Frank? Yeah, once like, again, right. like it would have been super helpful to know why those are the people he's seeking. Yeah. Out. Like, cause he, the, he goes, he, yeah. he shows up at Benjamin Bratt's bar and he pulls a gun on him. He's like, we used to be friends, but uh, you, you betray- tell me where Max is. Max being the boss who uh, hit the guy with the baseball bat. And he's right. like, he's like, I don't know. Nobody knows. And he's like, what about Tank and Jimmy the Dragon or Bobby, whatever his name is. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, I don't know either. Um, I, I'm sorry. And he's like, we used to be friends. And, um, but, and then he's like, maybe I can help you out. I don't know. And it's like, okay, (laughs) bye. And, and that's all we hear about Q for. And, and so, yeah, it's like, obviously there's more to this, but they're, they don't even fake you out. Well, it's just, but like you said, Miles, every scene could be that fucking pointless because it all seems to be building up to di- i mean it is building yeah. up to a plot point that you did not <laughs> yeah but then not it also coming. goes from this thing where he goes he in trying to track max down you know he has to get through all of the before you get to the final boss you gotta hit all right, the yeah, smaller lesser, guys yeah, yeah. so he yeah. goes yeah. after these like random people that used to be in the mob with him or that were part of the plot to set him up. And he basically just goes and kills them one by one in cold blood. He like gets information out of them and then kills them essentially. And and that's a, that's a stock like story structure that I enjoy when it's done well. Like I'll watch, I mean, Mandy was essentially yeah. that in the back half and yeah, I mean, like, that is brilliantly like it's fun to see the badass go and like, it's like watching a video game. They just go beat all the small bosses and go to the big boss. And it's frustrating when you see it done poorly, but like, holy shit, like the, the only distinctive, the only distinctive bad guy in this was, I'm going to keep calling him Jimmy the dragon. I don't know what his <laughs> name is. Um, but, and, and he's, I mean, just barely distinctive, but yeah. like it's him Q, who is not a bad guy, wink, wink, and um, and Tank, and Tank is the next person he kills, and he's just he's just some old 
man who runs a butcher shop. I know. He just executes <laughs> yeah. the guy in cold blood in the middle yeah, of his fucking like, business. Like, what the and hell? And I'm still just like, why? Who is that? What was the part? Why are you a part of this story? Yeah, nothing of substance passes between them. He's just like, he's like, huh, hey, so yeah. you're not doing whatever you used to do. Yeah, I'm old now. I have arthritis. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to kill you now. Okay. Bye. The end, like, yeah, he doesn't what? even fight. He's just like, okay, Frank, do yeah. what you gotta do. Like, he's been Terrible. waiting, like, 19 years for him to come back yeah. and kill him. But And it's, like, so close to being a fun story. Like, I also yes. like revenge stories. I love a revenge story. And especially, like, as uh, Frank, Frank as the sort of, as the main character who, you know, the things that are, he's an old mob guy that's been in prison for 20 years. He has a debilitating weird sickness but is somehow still a badass those are things that should be cool sure, you know sure. what i mean like he he should has, be a layup you know, whatever yeah it, it, yeah that should be a very easy thing especially it's like uh someone who already is going to die so has nothing left to lose you know like that that whole narrative like that whole trope that should be cool um and an older nick cage that can like kick ass and be a badass and all that that should be cool but it's just not. It is just confusing. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't mind that it's stock it, as long as you hit the right notes. You know, like yeah, it, well, and it also feels like Cage should be slipping into his Charles Bronson years at this point. Right. But, yeah. but yeah. I feel like he's just. I feel like he's missing the mark on the kind yeah. of movies yeah, that he yeah, picks yeah. in yeah, that regard. Yeah, that's that's beautifully put because the like. If all of these were just movies like, yeah, late period Charles Bronson or Clint Eastwood or whatever, like, I wouldn't be mad about it. Like, that would be fine. And yet these these characters are not interesting in the way like they're not tough guys. They're they're not two dimensional tough guys. They're two dimensional kind of squishy. Just (laughs) I don't I don't know. Like they're just they're weird, lumpy, just nothing people shadows and they're just shadows, shadows. Of, of characters <laughs> you know yeah. it's so weird with an actor like him because yeah true truly to flatten cage to to the yeah. point where he's gotten with some of these like later career movies that we've seen it, there has to it, it can't just it can't be incompetence there has to be an almost concerted effort by <laughs> everyone involved to like corral him in which seems yeah. weird if you're getting cage to be in your movie why are you trying to dictate cage's terms like yeah, you that, have to the go algorithm into that situation did, being like this entire character could be different once cage shows up on set yeah you know and yes, it's happened yeah the computer d- doesn't understand it doesn't understand it's just it's like movie and like star. The, the deep dream algorithm that wrote this movie <laughs> like doesn't understand uh it can't fit a square peg into a a square yeah. cage into a round hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, yes. imagine imagine if as Cage was awake longer and longer. Um which again, Bad Lieutenant and um the uh, bringing out the dead. We've seen that before. Every element of this we've seen in other Cage movies. But anyway, right. imagine he's like if he's psychologically tortured somehow and because he can't go to sleep. Right. So he's like slowly deteriorating over the course of the movie and like going right. crazy. So There's that's an be, that, that's episode about that. Yeah, but yeah, it's been done. But imagine if they'd uh, made it the deep dream algorithm had have actually been like a deep dream thing as as he'd gotten crazier. So like so oh, <laughs> suddenly yeah. his hands are like looking like dogs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we should just run, uh, Dave. We should do a cage film fest, but just run oh my certain scenes from these like later period <laughs> movies through the algorithm, and then yeah, it'll be more we could just take, to watch at least. Just take all the like best scenes from the worst like late period cage movies and just stitch them together and and run it through a deep dream thing. Do you think we could get some? Yeah, that would there, be an amazing edit. Yeah, it would, and also I think it'd be interesting even without the the deep dream element of it. Yeah. If we just found a way to stitch one of these movies together using different scenes from each of these kind of movies that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, you it, know, it would so make like we, as much sense as like this movie and be more fun. <laughs> well, more yes, way more fun, and also <laughs> yeah. arguably more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Which is because I think like as we keep saying, I think this movie you could pick out multiple other cage movies in this movie every time some scene came up there was All like uh, during that montage with like when they first get into the um hotel and there's a scene where he is uh where nick cage is like flipping out in the bathroom and my brain was like oh that's like mandy you know right mm-hmm. um, right or and just like all i, I just eh, or like uh the heroin like the heroin addict son you know or like the druggy son or whatever who's like having bad like a bad withdrawal but he's like not even good at acting like no he's not good at acting like a junkie which in my brain i was like did he see leaving las vegas like because it's like that is there's like take because i'm sure you've seen it you know (laughs) so like there's someone on this set that knows what good acting looks like uh to be like a junkie and yet somehow we got this kid this kid that is the blandest, blandest human being. He's it, it's like a mannequin, and now the mannequin is sitting in a bathtub, and Cage is like <laughs> giving him a sponge bath, and the mannequin's like, "I'm sorry, Daddy." <laughs> it's like, what fucking movie is this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, wait, wait. So, so where are we w- in the plot? So Cage kills a bunch of, the, of guys, and then he well, finally... he kills Tank. But let's talk about him killing right. uh, d- the dragon. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, oh, oh, or he tries to kill him. He goes to. I really liked this scene. Oh yeah, he um, robocops him. He shoots yeah. him in the dick, right? Well, well that, right. yes. But before that, he shoots him in the dick outside of an old folks' home. <laughs> but before that, he he goes into. Uh, he he like gets the drop on him in an erotic massage parlor, and. Um, this was being someone who has worked in the massage industry. This. Um, idea of what an erotic massage parlor looks like is just a, a again the computer doing uh, just missing the mark in a really funny way where like it, it, it's like, like these weird little women, s- right? stalls yeah and and these women who it looks kind of like what you would imagine a bdsm club would be if you had <laughs> never been in that situation but instead so the guys are like blindfolded and like being tickled with feathers but like (laughs) just being rubbed around but it also looks incredibly cheap like everybody's just behind like curtains like just again just a place that doesn't exist a place that would never exist because if you think about it for 10 seconds like none of the logistics of it make any sense Mm -hmm. but regardless like tents and blanket forts but like inside the building (laughs) and there's like no there's no walls but there's just a bunch of like uh tents and 
fabric and yeah. shit set right up. so is it like a cheap rub and tug place because that would be one thing but and where they can't afford different stalls but there's sex workers just doing the thing or is it this an upscale thing where you have uh young conventionally attractive uh blonde women like in like fetish clothes like tying you up and giving you some special treatment as uh, you know it just anyway this shit doesn't exist and he <laughs> he drops in and there's like three women with the blindfolded jimmy the dragon and cage is like shh with his finger and they're like oh okay see you later and and uh or he he says bitches leave right yeah yeah, yeah he says bitches I, leave which is like oh man i laughed so hard because that is like so fucking dorky I know. so stupid oh and before that before jimmy the dragon knows what's going on he he goes hey baby you want to play with the dragon just so stupid and yeah so then uh bitches leave we take the blindfold off and and the dragon's like he goes uh cage is like put on some pants and he's like oh like you're uncomfortable because i am fully hard right now and and the line he, he goes it's not nice to deprive a guy of his happy ending <laughs> once again just guy talk and then, yeah and then uh it's that scene he says something like um oh what did you think that uh, they called me the dragon because of my tattoo. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh like... right. Which he has a huge like ch- like chest and shoulder tattoo of a dragon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's also his dick. Like, yeah. How they, yeah. How? Yeah. They really wanted us to know that. Right. Mm-hmm. And th- he starts. He st- starts putting on his clothes, and then he like bum rushes Cage. The shooting. Then they they like go out of the little blanket fort into the hallway and and cage is just firing his pistol up into the air like as they're like wrestling and everybody who was getting jerked off they all run into the hallway and run towards the men with the guns and like push past them just an incredibly stupid scene where they're they're like crowding against them pushing them out of the way so they can get past them rather than running anywhere else i'm i'm mad you guys (laughs) i will i do have a note um like during right about this point in the movie i wrote a note that was like this seems like a movie he had to do because he owed someone a favor Mm -hmm. and this was definitely right around this scene was when i was like this is like a bad movie but i really need to know what's going on and i think somewhere around here is i think the first time they actually say they sort of say the name of the movie they say scores have to be settled oh yeah he says yeah yeah he actually i was like oh you said it you did the thing you said it (laughs) that happens quite often believe it or not like i actually make notes i i make a note when someone says the title of the movie in the film yes uh, uh, but this one is a little unique in that it's not exactly the title of the it's movie. It's not exactly. He says a score and... has to be settled is the exact <laughs> yeah. phrase that he uses. So it's it, there's it's yeah. a slight variation. It's a fun paraphrase. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's still at this point, I am still like, what is the score? Like, what is the score to settle? Well, I feel like the yes. score that Cage was talking about is whatever the favor he had to do for the guy to be in this movie. Well, no, right, yeah. like that, like that. Yeah. That was very meta of Cage to be like a score has to be settled. But like, as I was watching it, I was like, I don't understand what 
he what is that's, he avenging that's the fatal flaw of the movie is the the twist of the movie revolves around like keeping that information from us and yeah. so the but we so but we have no window into the motivation the main motivation of the main plot point of the main character like why is any of this happening it doesn't let us in for just a cheap reveal at the end and yeah. it's just it's so stupid. Well, it's like it was it was writing a revenge movie without the imp, like with without the impetus for the revenge without, in the first yeah, place. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, just just like, hoping that the yeah. stock mechanics of that would be enough. Yeah, and I don't mind when movies keep me in the dark a little bit, but this was like I can't be in the dark and also not have interesting characters or any right. kind of personality. Right. I just need have something. anything else. Yeah. I need something. And there's a yeah. difference between being kept in the dark and being kept engaged and also and, and <laughs> not being given any information, uh, and therefore you're more confused as each scene unfolds. You know what I right. mean? Because at yeah. that point And, you're, and you're like, like, Did I miss yeah. something? I mean, by evidence that none not there were three of us watched this movie. And not, and we've had to tag team the plot because not one of us can remember like every scene. We're like, wait, what happens after that? I don't remember this yeah. movie. Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the plot, speaking of Pretty Woman, um, let's talk about the love interest in the film. Um, again, which... it pivots. It becomes a different movie yet again. Because then yes. it's like the prostitute with the heart of gold. Yes. Wait, Trip is the, is that is that the kid's name that gives him the escort business card? Yeah, some yes. yeah, yeah. some kid who's hanging out outside of the fancy hotel like gives Nick Cage his card. He's like he's like, "Hey, you here single? Like my ladies are very professional." I don't know, just the some rote speech. And uh, he says, "Premium Nick- service, premium girls." God. <laughs> I, I that's that's well, that's what I wrote down. For some reason I, I love, felt like I, I need I, to remember I, that line. It's just <laughs> just another like uh, detail of including the like the erotic massage parlor or like anything anything that has any character to it where it's like clearly someone being like yes I have I I know what it's like in this world the world of sex work or the world of the mob or the world like but just some like, computer that like we keep saying like it just yeah. like yeah premium service premium girls. <laughs> Yeah, here's a pimp that I am basing off a costume that I got at the Halloween Superstore. (laughs) Right. Um. So, and Nick Cage is like, "Uh, no, I'm not interested." And his son is like, "No, Dad, uh, you you should keep that. You you might want to get laid." Yeah, he's like, "It's been 19 years. You might." But and then then here's where he drops the casual prison rape joke too. Yes. Where he's like, yeah. it's been 19 uh, years. He's like, well, you know, I don't know. I've heard things about how it works in there. So, you know, I don't yeah. maybe maybe it hasn't been that long. I don't know. Yeah. Like, Unless it's, you it's were like raped, a really, He makes like, the most awkward prison rape joke. And I'm just like, <laughs> why? Like, again, why did yeah. you, why is that in the, that line <laughs> in there? Why did you yes. say that? <laughs> and then it, it segues to, they, th- there's no explanation that, like, I, I had to play catch up with this again. Because then, then they're in the hallway of the hotel and there's a woman just like in the hallway and his son is like, and, and okay. So this is a <laughs> prostitute that they hired, but I didn't know this. I didn't know. I thought this was just some other woman. Like I didn't, uh, that cage is now picking up because it, it, his son is, is then like, he's like, go on, like go like giving him a pep talk. Like, 
dad, I like, I really, really want you to bust your nut, dad. Like I, you're, you're so full of cum. You've been in prison for so long that you probably have cum just dripping out of your eyes. Dad, I really want you to go fuck like, please. And, and that's the point where I'm like, so is his, what's the catch? Like, why is his son, um, like setting him up for something and is, yeah, again, his son pushed it so hard that I thought it was a setup. I was like, oh, yeah, she's it's also going to be in on the con, right? It, yeah. It's so unnatural. They, this, they've been distanced for 19 years, and they have all this history behind them. And, and what? So they, he bought him a suit and a car, and now he's like, Dad, Dad drain your balls. Please, please, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the introduction of the, the pimp and Simone, the prostitute, is – so odd and again like we're saying another pivot into some other movie where i was like oh is this i guess is this a rom-com is this yeah fall in love now? yeah because <laughs> like, then he they kind of have like a they, like a, a magical night yeah <laughs> well, she, but she tells him her real then, name yeah because then he's like i want to date you for real and then she's like uh i gotta go please don't ever call yeah. me again so then yeah. <laughs> just like which is what would happen in that situation, certainly. Exactly. Yeah. But she's like, "Okay, just call through the service. Like, I'm not giving you my number." And then he later calls to have a date with Simone, and it's a different girl. Which that could have right. been a cool scene for, like, because at that point he's supposed to be unraveling from his fatal insomnia. Right. But, <laughs> but like, yeah. and and then the person shows up and they have the same name that you know that could have been a, yeah. a cool like reality like crumbling thing but he's just like no you're this is wrong you're not the girl while right. the poor usher or whatever who is helping bell him hop, use his yeah. iphone oh, the bell bell hop. Hop. yeah oh my god I, I will say that like uh that like nick cage like a little drugged slash sick kind of learning how to use a cell phone <laughs> for the first time dude is so very good. very funny it's like it's like a <laughs> 10 minute scene in real time of him trying to get a teenager to like explain an iphone to yeah him. Like, and they go to they like go to the nokia store or whatever oh like, god do you, i think that might be my favorite part of the movie is just that, like his character trying to figure out a cell phone that whole scene from from the self the bellhop with the cell phone through when the the fake simone comes in and then cage yeah. starts like yelling at her and then and then yeah. trip comes back in with the gun yeah remember and then, and yes. then the whole time the bellhop is like Bell sitting on the couch like, with chilling. the phone, yeah. just being like, uh, just like, all right, yeah, right. Cause he, cause the bellhop is helping him look up, uh, what is it, nursing homes? Oh, right. To, cause where, Max is where in Max the nursing, or whatever yes. I mean. Cause, yeah. yeah, cause he's like, I don't know how to research, right. I don't know how to use a phone book. So he's like, can you use my phone? And I love this bellhop kid that's just like keeping his head down, just like, okay, I guess I'll just keep. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, this really rich homes. guy in the presidential suite is giving me five hundred dollars to to use his phone. So I'm just gonna sit here and do my work and pretend like nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> How like not conspicuous? Also, right. he was with his money. Like he opens the yeah, the oh yeah, <laughs> it's just stacked. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you're just gonna What's opening happening? your safe in front of anyone that walks into your room. <laughs> it's like you think now everyone knows how much money you got in there. That's not safe. <laughs> Like no wonder Those you were the gangster who who they just were like yeah send this guy to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you're be- you're better off. He's an idiot. You, you serve us much better in there. Yeah, can you be any like <laughs> less low key about this, please? <laughs> like uh, honestly though, that bellhop is the second best actor in the movie after. Cage. Yeah, true. I think, <laughs> true. That kid did a great job. Yeah, that was a fun did, scene. He did. He did a great job. He did. Um, it was very fun watching him in the background. <laughs> 
I'm looking at my notes and I'm seeing the other plot points that we have to hit, and I hate them all. I'm like mad that we even need to talk about them. I mean, like, do we? Can, can we just like breeze through it? Is that possible? Yes. So the, I hear bullet points. He finds we do a lightning round. Yeah, yeah right. He, he finds Simone again, the real Simone, and gives her a hundred thousand dollars and to. Uh, oh, and her kid is named Joey, just like his little boy. Right. And uh, um, meanwhile. There's been a through line of uh, the song I'm Always Chasing Rainbows, which is the song that he danced with his wife at their wedding to. Um, and there's a scene where, where he's playing the piano in Benjamin Bratt's bar again, singing it to himself. And the, the one single like acting choice that I was like, oh, that's, that's Cage, was his dialogue that was written after he was supposed to be singing, he kept playing the piano and singing the dialogue, which was fun. Um, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but, um, but whatever. And somewhere along the line, uh, Oh, sorry. Happens? Can I, yeah. can I mention something that happens around this time? Please. So there's two scenes with, uh, like acoustic, like really sappy yes. acoustic guitar yes. songs. Like there's like Fucking two montages soundtrack. that happen. The first one I think is when he and his son are like bonding or something. It's like when they're in the car, they're in the taxi and Nick Cage sticks his head out the window. Like oh a dog. yeah. That's when the first oh, one. Right, right. Right. Okay. So then that was like really maudlin and schlocky, but then toward, mm -hmm. toward this, toward the end of the movie, there's another, there's another montage of Cage, like packing up all the guns and the cash and like all the illegal contraband. But then they're playing yeah. the same type of like really sappy, like acoustic love song sounded like over, the same like, artist it's just such an insane juxtaposition between like what he's doing on screen and the music that's playing that that's another thing where i was like it doesn't seem like anyone it sounds like this was an arbitrary choice and then no one vetoed it or it was like or oh, or it was yeah. like hold was music it like was and it like it a just, placeholder yeah but then it made it into the final <laughs> then, edit somehow like yeah I think that was like They're somebody's like... friend. Like that was like someone's nephew. Uh, it's it's like I'm looking at the IMDb and those songs aren't even in the soundtrack credits. Yeah. Cuz so. they also were written by AI. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like I mean, but why not? Your script's written by AI, your soundtrack might as well be written by AI also yeah. at that point. This <laughs> yeah. is just a simulation of a movie. Yeah. Um Okay, so uh, let's let's get to the big twist. Let's get to the big reveal. <laughs> um, so the reason I'm sorry, I don't even this know. is taking so much longer than no, it needs to. No, <laughs> oh, no it's it, listen. This movie needs a lot oh, to talk. There's a lot to talk about in this movie where nothing happens. Yeah, I truly feel this movie is on a different tier of like of, of <laughs> yeah. bad than we've previously yeah. encountered. This is this is a formidable foe. I agree. And this is why, like, I, I'm so fascinated because it's not bad in any kind of conventional way that I can be like, oh, that's like a bad, bad movie. You know what I mean? This is like a bad movie, but I like really need to talk about it. And I need other people to see it so that we can all talk about it to figure out what. Like, who is the why. audience I for have, this movie? What is it? Yeah. I have other computers. Just, yeah. <laughs> Oh wait, we already established it's it's the other characters in your sim game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. The, right, right. the, the audience, it, it, this is just a thing that's meant to play. It's just filler for um, the algorithm to like, you know, it, it it feeds this kind of movie into your TV, and it you yeah. see it, and it's like 
do you like this? Did you watch it? Did you click on this or that? Like, it's just how long did you, uh, how many times did you check the little bar to see how close to the end you were, you know? And then the next movie, um, you know, um, uh, uh, to settle a score or whatever, the next time it tries, it'll have it just honed just a little closer (laughs) until it's just Terminator Skynet world. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Actually, Dave, the sequel is called To Settle a Score, but it's the number two. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to settle, score. To, settle yeah. to settle two scores um so the the twist the reason yeah the reason why the the storyline has been so vague and all of the you know a, a lot of the questions that we've been positing that we had during the movie like why did the son just show up walking in the middle of the night to meet his dad um why you know why this why that um, is explained in really a doozy of a dumb twist, which is he's a ghost. He's been a ghost the whole time. <laughs> yeah, a ghost they son. Pulled a goddamn sixth sense on us. You've seen Ghost Dad. He's <laughs> a ghost, ghost son. son. The son was never there. It was like they did the Fight Club montage yes, where they go Fight back Club. to all of those scenes. Yep. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, this was Nick Cage walking alone at night. This is Nick Cage <laughs> in the taxi cab." alone this is nick cage in the hotel alone this is nick cage on his shopping spree alone (laughs) and yeah and and it's revealed that this is the 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 mafia killed him by also tying him up in a chair and beating him with a baseball bat in a warehouse in the same spot as the other guy who looked exactly like him in the first scene when nicholas cage's character was there but i guess i was supposed to know that that was a different time because that would make (laughs) sense but like just just so stupid yeah. and then like you know he, he it's revealed that ah oh, it was benjamin bratt all along like actually max um died or has been in a coma um for you know he fell into a coma before cage's sentence was supposed to be up so nobody let him out of jail until he got the fatal insomnia and uh benjamin bratt has been pulling the strings all along pretending to be max and also pretending to be a nice guy when in fact he's a bad guy. And uh, yeah, it's like another plot twist. They were like, let's throw this one in too, which I think we saw that about Benjamin Brett. All the, we knew he was going to be a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, it's like, but they were like, it's like putting a hat on a hat, but then, but (laughs) but it's like, you're putting a hat on a hat that doesn't exist. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah, hat on a hat on a ghost. Like, so the whole thing just drops to the ground. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. Then it's just two hats laying on the ground. <laughs> Who is this for? <laughs> but the whole Max being in a coma and then and then Frank being like, oh, you're in a coma. You would have helped me. I've been holding a grudge for 20 years, <laughs> not knowing. Like, it was I've my best false, friend. I've been holding a false grudge for 20 years. Mm. Sorry, my bad. And he leaves the bat with him and just walks away. Yeah, what was that about? Like, imagine when the nurse comes back in the room and she finds him with, like, a bloody bat. Like, yeah. what? Then what? <laughs> it's like, well, Which I, is like... I like that, but, yeah, with his fingerprints on it. I like that before he, he decided not to hit him, though, he, like, shook the bat in the coma patient's face. He's yeah, like, right. mm, you... <laughs> well, there, there was one second yeah. where I thought it was going to head back to, like, gritty Tarantino territory. Yeah. Where I thought he was going to just start beating the guy in, in a coma, like, in his bed. And I was Would've like, cool. I was like, oh, my God, this is going there. 
and then it didn't. And then I was thinking about it later, and I was like, Yeah, I should have. Honestly, that it should have. It would have been gratuitous, but it at least would have, <laughs> you know. At least finally something would have happened. This all leads up to the big confrontation at. Um, oh, <laughs> you ready for another uh, classic movie poll that they thought they could do? The on the day of his daughter's wedding, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the uh, Benjamin Bratt's daughter is getting yeah. getting married, and Cage shows up with a gun. And uh, he's like, you betrayed me. And uh, it's like, sorry, like, why did you kill my kid? Oh, he was a junkie. You had to get him out of the way. Like, yeah, okay. And um, he, uh, he, he somehow he gets shot in the back by um, Benjamin Bratt's daughter. She's like, she, yeah, <laughs> she's she, like bridezillas him. <laughs> she like, picks up the gun. It had fallen. They got in like a scuffle and it had fallen. And then she picks it, it up and shoots him through the shoulder, right? Or through the yeah, back. Yeah. Y- in, the, in the shoulder. And then yeah. he goes out and basically commits suicide by cop. And uh, on the stair, another popular um, movie thing. Yeah, Suicide by really Cop. popular. Yeah. On the steps of the church, like also God, just like good Lord, like he gets laid out by a bunch of bullets on the steps of a church. Yeah, like, like the slow motion death on the steps God. of the church. It's just like so how can much. you how can yeah. you blatantly rip off the most famous mob movies of all time and <laughs> think that you did your homework like. And think yeah. and think that you just pulled yeah. over something on me by being like his son was a ghost the whole time, and suddenly <laughs> ghost son is just like lounging next to him. He's like he's like, gee, dad, we've sure had. I don't even know what they talk about. I don't. Oh remember. yeah, I forgot about that. His son, the ghost son, comes back as he's like his, laying yeah, on the steps, comes, right? To like because the ghost son is coming to like you know take him. Oh, I see. To heaven right, or whatever, right. you know, to lead him into the valley of darkness or whatever bullshit. It's just like. Oh, right. I mean, his ghost son has to make a comeback, which still, I cannot believe that was the plot twist. I cannot. <laughs> Stunning. Even, yeah, I, it is mind boggling. I cannot believe they did that to me. It's it, like, it's wild to me it's that insane. someone watched this and they were like, yeah, we're going to release it just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it really is. It really is wild that like, like it, it makes me, it, it, it made me angry and it makes me <laughs> upset just even like that i you know there was a point where i think like cage was sort of on top of this like by adopting um early like direct to dvd direct to streaming like that this is the future like and he's he's right like to be a working actor who is consistently in like lead roles in a thing like Look, you know, Liam Neeson made the same choice. Like, you're like, you just kind of do this kind of shit and keep getting paid. But like, you know, the budgets go down, but you keep getting paid a significant amount. And if the movie eats shit, that's fine. You're booked for like eight more. So like, yeah, (laughs) um, Yeah. and and it's just a numbers game at that point. Right. And like fair enough. Like there's been some interesting is it, like Is it fair enough though? I, I don't well, I, <laughs> well look, like there there's like does he need there's things about making money? the new like movie making economy where you know you and then you end up in movies like Mandy. Like he said, like he didn't even think that, you know, Mandy would necessarily he thought it was special, like he thought it was good, but he didn't think it was gonna be a success. It was just another movie on his docket. And yeah. like you know, it, it has the potential for stuff like this for, for that. But like, this is the like 
truly just the machine of late capitalism just breaking down. Like this is like the, <laughs> the you know, uh, yeah, a, a, a mirror inside of the hologram just showing a, the spectacle of a spectacle. Uh, like it's well, just, yeah. And it's, it's, it's the kind of thing where like this movie, this movie would have gotten made no matter who wrote it, no matter who directed it, no matter who starred in it, no yes. matter who edited mm-hmm. it, this yeah. movie would yeah. have been made. Yeah, it's, it, there's no people. humanity yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's just, uh, it's something to keep money moving around. Yeah, like if Cage didn't take it, they would have given it to Liam Neeson, and it would have just gotten <laughs> made that way. The totally. only difference being, yeah. Dave, you and I wouldn't have had to watch it. That we way. wouldn't have. Yeah, we would have skipped it. Yeah, it's it's a movie, both we movie for no one, which we're used to, but it's a movie for it's no for one us. by That's who it's no for. one. We're the only people watching right. these fucking movies at this yes. point. Well, here's the thing. I think that like Nicolas Cage fans will watch it because he is like Nicolas Cage in it. He has these great, weird, small moments. You know, I, I just like, I like hearing him talk and move around, you know, like I'll watch that guy in anything at least once. Yeah. And that's honestly what I keep coming back to is even there have been, I can count on one hand. So out of like 90 movies or, or however many we've done, it hasn't really happened that many times where Cage can't even save the movie. Like where mm-hmm. where I was like I wish I hadn't had to watch this. Like I've, like we've watched a lot of bad movies, but even in the really bad ones, there's always like some Cage somehow is a saving grace. Uh mm-hmm. you, you know, like I said before with like a couple of exceptions, but but it's just wild to me that even in a movie like this there are one or two scenes where I would 100% say to someone like you should look these scenes up on youtube and at least watch them yeah you know what i mean like yeah absolutely yeah like every (laughs) every movie has that somewhere in it um yeah and that's what keeps this one back you know this one had almost nothing though i and and what's truly weird to me is i'm looking at the imdb reviews and they're pretty good people liked this one like like a lot of people are, are saying like it's just getting, it's a lot of like five, six, seven out of 10 stars. Like p- far better than expected. Cage in top form. Mediocre storyline salvaged by a good performance from Cage. What a surprise. <laughs> um, what a surprise. Ignore, ignore the bad reviews. Review. That's, honestly, that's a good review. That's also, I would also give it that same review. What a surprise. People, people liked it and so i truly don't i don't know I think people like nick cage i think people like nick cage yeah but or people are, are mean are, to, to... How... <laughs> uh are there ages on these reviewers like are these people <laughs> who've never seen a movie before because if you've never seen a movie before at all in your life <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right this, <laughs> man have i got 10 movies in one for you yeah if you were like uh yeah extraterrestrial life form coming to check in on earth but you need just a quick refresher and a bunch of different movies this is the one you pick this is the one for you you also would be like oh i should get on imdb and write my review because i think this is excellent citizen kane fuck that (laughs) (laughs) star wars fuck that i'm gonna watch this one instead (laughs) i will say i am glad that i watched it there is a certain quality of watching something that's like so bad that is that is kind of 
fun. Yeah, and to yet, uh, honestly, especially as a shared experience with other people, where we can all collectively be like, "What the shit did we just watch?" Right. That's very and all, that's an and I knew time. you'd be down for like a blind <laughs> watch of like a weird. Oh yeah, I knew nothing about this movie. movie. Yeah, and neither Incredible. did I. And so I'm glad. Incredible. I'm glad that it worked <laughs> yeah. out that way because there have been a couple instances where, I, like, we've I've assigned a guest a movie, like everyone going into it really blind, and then they yeah. watch it, and I'm like. Are you still friends with me? I'm sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> no, I love nonsense. Great. I love nonsense. <laughs> B- before we move into the last little bit, did, is there anything else that we have to say about this particular movie? Would you guys recommend this to other people? Absolutely not. No, no, I wouldn't. I, I, I no, there... this might be my new bottom. I'm so I I know I came in hot to this episode and I've stayed hot. Like, <laughs> I was... see, that's so interesting, Dave, because I would not consider this in even the bottom ten worst movies that we've done. Like, I think I, it's a bad you're... movie objectively in the world, yeah. but compared to some of the other ones that we've done, it's not even bottom ten. I don't think. Really, honestly. see. It, like I said, it's it's just the pure emptiness to me. It it's is so it's yeah. so uncanny that like yeah, like I said, there's no humanity in this movie. See, there's every yeah. everything about it is is so stripped of of any sort of passion or humanity that it like it it's depressing. <laughs> I think that's why I can't stop looking at it because it is like a black hole that I like, yeah. that is sucking me in, right. and it's a complete void of nothingness but i'm like i need to understand why this is nothing dave i'm gonna do a really quick shootout with you i'm just gonna give you some other ones that we've watched Uh and you can tell me which one you choose this one or or the other one so let's do like a better or worse yeah basically (laughs) or not Uh, how about um outcast um, see, Outcast had some personality because I mean that. First of all, that movie is a Chinese production, so there's something really talk about like just seeing money move around in weird ways. And a movie that like like so many Chinese epics seems they're like the main point of it seems to just be like look at the glory of China. Right. Like that's cool. That's got some passion. And Nick Cage plays like a sort of like sorcerer person with snake who wears living snakes. Like, oh, I forgot about that part. You're right. Actually, yeah, come on. That that elevates it. You're right. Yes. Yeah. To yeah, this this is a movie where he's in multiple scenes. He's walking around draped in living snakes as like a character choice. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very very good. Um, okay. How about how about Dying of the Light? Um, Dying of the Light was very bad. Um, and this movie is worse than that because it took part of Dying of the Light and put it into another, like, <laughs> like at least Dying of the Light was the movie that it seemed to be <laughs> like, you know, fair enough. It was about Nick Cage sundowning. Fair. How about, uh, Inconceivable? Oof. Inconceivable was a nastier, uglier movie, um, but that is a human. That is a human emotion, at least. Like a human, like there's humanity in the the pure ugliness of it. Fair. And then finally, would you say that Two Eleven is worse or better than this movie? <sighs> that that you you know what might be worse. Uh, like Two Eleven was was very bad, but you know what elevated it. It had Weston in it. Oh, you're right. I, yeah. Um, 
it had Nick Cage's son, Weston Cage, uh, playing a bad guy. And uh, I, I was going to say the um, Vengeance, a love story, that was is definitely near the bottom and uh, is, is fucked up. Um, but again, it's human, even though it's dealing with sexual assault in the most ham-handed and yet also boring way. Um, at least that's human. This this movie, this this movie is like if you just like yeah left your TV on TNT and uh, you know every like movie of the week or whatever movies it just plays at like in the middle of the night that they, they all just got fed into one stream and just garbled out front like a computer printout. No, I hate it. I hate it, Miles. I don't remember. Okay. I don't. I don't know if it's worse than guarding Tess, but it's like it's it's in the same category for me. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I, I am so thrilled and proud to be on the episode that is the absolute worst Nick Cage movie dude, you've ever the, seen. Yeah. Dave. This this is this is great. Well, this is also something we're gonna have to build our uh, we're gonna have to build yeah. our lists once we get to the end. Yeah, I know. Run. I know. Um, this is a new standard of low is yeah, incredible. And I'm, 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 I'm just happy to be here. The bar is on the ground and it's rolling <laughs> down a hill for me. <laughs> Dave, if I wanted to turn the audience's brain to mush, I'd program a double feature of 211 and this movie. Like yeah. back to back. Yeah, you, people people would go out and also commit suicide by cop at the right. end. I think they, you, they, everyone they, would bum rush the steps of the movie theater afterward <laughs> and just get get taken down by riot cops. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see my ghost son. Um so strangely like Cage didn't do any uh promotion for this movie. Um, but I, the that, one that when, checks out. I don't think that's strange at all. I don't know that I'd want to move. talk very, about this very movie. smart move yeah. on his part. Yeah. When I searched like Nicholas Cage, uh, score to settle interview, the one that came up was, uh, an interview in the New York times magazine. And we've talked about this interview before, cause th- this happened in August 7th, 2019. And this was sort of like post Mandy, um, Nick Cage had fully become in the cultural consciousness. He had become the meme that people had like, you know, were, were, were thinking of him as. And this was the, I remember a lot of people sending us, cause we were already doing the podcast at this point. And a lot of people sent us this interview and were like kind of shocked that basically he's in on the joke. I mean, he's, he literally says in it, he's like, people think I'm not in on the joke. I, I understand how people see me. I know how it is. And it's a really, it's a long, in-depth interview that covers a lot of stuff that we've said over and over again. A lot of, you know, they touch on all the crazy shit, you know, um, about how he has like a pyramid tomb in New Orleans or whatever. Um, But also, you know, hey, you act real crazy in these movies. Did you know that you are doing that? Yes, I did. It was a choice. Cool. So if in the larger scope of uh, the man's career, I think that if this is really the bottom of the barrel, like then uh, this was the, I think uh, right around the moment when the culture as a whole was ready for Nick Cage to have a third act in his career. And we'll see if that actually comes to fruition, but I hope so. Cause I can't, I can't take another one like this. There's there's going to be a couple more like this, so, I think. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> I'll take them happily. But I I do I do believe that we're we're coming we're, you know, we're in a valley now and we'll soon we'll soon hit a peak again, I think. 
I mean, at least the movies coming up have some personality. Like you, you got you can't make a movie that's like, like Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, yeah, Jujitsu. Yeah. Like Wally's you, Wonderland. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Or Willy's yeah. Wonderland? Yeah. Yeah, there has to be another good Cage movie before, like in the in the next few years. There has to be another one that's actually good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to find it. Yeah. Statistically. Well, <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, Color Out of Space is the next one we're doing. Yeah. And that one was supposed to be really good. So if you make 10 movies a year for 10 years, you know. <laughs> like seriously, if two of them are good a year, that's already more yeah. good yeah. movies than most actors have their entire career. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a numbers I, game at that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah. I believe, I believe in the math. Yeah. And and look, it, you know, it, uh, he's already been in over a hundred movies, and uh, I mean, the the math changes every year, but uh, still, a good number of them are good. <laughs> they're great. And yeah, when they're good, they're like very, very Phenomenal. good. Yeah, like just some of those incredible films I've ever seen. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, that's a great segue. Yes. Uh, to yeah, Wonderful before segue. before we wrap up, do you want to give us your top three Cage performances? Yes. Do you want to do it from three to one? Oh, I, you can do it in whatever, I, whatever order. I did number it. I number. I did number yeah, it because okay. I like to number things. Um, <laughs> uh, number three, Leaving Las Vegas, which I mentioned earlier on. Uh, it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. And I saw when I was in college and um, dealing with a lot of other uh, sort of alcoholic and drug addict friends and people I knew the the person that I saw this with for the first time was a drug addict and was an alcoholic. Whoa. And he loved the movie, Whoa. which was kind of weird. Like I, even in my like young brain, I was like, this is a strange contrast. Why this person, this person who was very destructive and was a very self-destructive person loved this movie. And I was like, Oh, this is because this is a clear reflection of like who you are. Yeah. And it was real to him. It was very real and sort of being, sort of being sort of uh, honestly sort of being witnessing that with this other person and then watching this film in this time period it was just like holy shit this is such an incredible performance great story it's so sad it's so heartbreaking but it's just so good it's Mm -hmm. so good um i would it's a movie i would recommend like just up and down all across it's such a good movie uh number two uh and man, I will say that this list was very hard to put together. Uh, there were, as I was sort of going through his filmography, like every other movie, two out of 10 movies, I was like, oh, that's also a really good yeah. one. Um, so my number two was one that was a little more recent. And it was just, I think, because I love the whole, the movie as a whole so much. And it was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. we just did that one like a, in like an episode or two ago. Yeah. That, that was probably yeah. the most we gushed in uh, in any recent memory of uh, episode. <laughs> nothing so, bad to I say. I mean, it's I, as yeah, a, as a movie, it's a fucking perfect movie. It's a great ensemble cast. Nick Cage is excellent in it as the Spider-Man Noir, which I think is like such a good time for it to come out in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, already sort of like we as an audience at this point, we know who he is. We kind of understand the joke, and so casting him as this like uh this a little bit over the top noir character uh fucking excellent so so good so and good. i probably watched that movie like, like so many times i saw it uh, i think probably a couple several times in the theater and it was like yeah man i loved spider-man so much. I, I saw it twice in the theater because the 3d 
experience was like, so good for that film that I saw it again because I was so like, good. It was so yeah, good. I mean, it's crazy when every movie is released in 3D. Only a couple are actually made yeah, for 3D, and that was like yeah. that's like one of them. So right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was definitely a definitely one where I was like, okay, I'm not so mad at this technology being so prevalent, you know. Um, and then my number one cage performance is a movie that actually has been brought up a number of times during this episode is Mandy. Mm, that's number one, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and I do feel like that's like a little bit of an obvious choice for me. It's like, it's everything that I love. It's like cults, drugs, metal, psychedelia, yeah. demonic biker gangs. Like this is like 100% my shit. And I fucking, uh, I also think it's a perfect role for him. It was felt to me like Nick Cage at his most Nick Cage. It was just like written so well for him. Um, and it's also just a good horror film. It's just like, it's, it's emotional, it's scary, and it is uh, such a great example of the genre. Like, it can't be anything else in a horror film, you know? Yeah. Um, with all of its, like, weird elements and everything that's, like, going on, you're like, this is a classic, a classic modern horror film. And it is, I, I love it. I, it's so fantastic. I agree. Yeah, people Hell are going to yeah. be watching that one for a long time <laughs> and being like yeah. this is yeah. this is one he's of the so it's like it. one of the best like cult movies ever made hands down already he's so good at it i just i want like... i just want one more movie from him that's that good i know he has it in him i uh-huh. just yeah. i i yeah. want i i want i'm ready for his I old agree. man i like that he was playing like kind of a a fragile like old man like he i, I i'm ready for that like he can let go he can he can go bald, like let it go. <laughs> he can get kind of dumpy and just be that dude. It's gonna open up so many, like, because uh, he, you know, Cage is a great character actor. Like he, he's a great actor in general because he can he, he transform into all these different things and be a leading man and infuse a leading man roles with like weird character choices. But like, I'm ready for him to be like a supporting actor, like a good, just interesting supporting actor in some other people's better films than being a lead <laughs> actor in just this like dog shit direct to streaming stuff. Well, I think that's why I liked him so much in Spider-Man. Cause he, you know, he, I mean, I like the movie in general, but it was cool for him to not be the lead. Totally. You know? Right. Um, and but and it was also, just... yeah. And it was also cool oh, that, that he could take a role in, in in an in in a movie that already otherwise had everything going for it, and he mm-hmm. could really sink his teeth into it. Like he loves being that like kind of gritty detective sort of, you know, like street justice. Yeah, he guy. can do it like, in his sleep. That, like yeah. that's his fucking jam. Yeah, he absolutely. loves doing that. So he really yeah. could get yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, that was that was a great that was a great sort of like wink to like Nicolas Cage fans. Just that perfectly comedic, dark noir gritty detective guy. As a cartoon. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. And also, like, never shows his face. He's got the Spider-Man mask on the whole time, which yeah, is crazy. Incredible, yeah, incredible, incredible. Yeah, Nick Cage as a cartoon is such a funny idea. Just, that is such a perfect idea. Right, like, I, I want this older Cage character actor, but I want simultaneously his career to branch out mm-hmm. to him also doing cartoon voices more as yes. well as he gets yes. older. Yeah. Yeah, he has yeah, a really yeah, distinctive yeah, yeah. voice, and he and he's a yeah. really good voice actor. 
So yes. I want more of that. He is. He is. I love that for him. Well, I'll specify. I don't want more of that. I want more of Spider-Man. I want less of the ant bully or <laughs> bro uh, or <laughs> force. But you know, you know, you know what it should be. It should be a Captain Nemo cartoon. Yeah, that's his. That's his dream <laughs> role it, that he talks about all the time. Is he wants to play Captain Nemo? And let's face it, he's a, l- a little bit old. I think he could do it, but. Man, if they just made a beautiful Captain Nemo cartoon, it could be his last role. I'm, I'm just, I'd not, I'd want him to die. But I'm just saying, like, it would just be beautiful. He's like on his yeah. deathbed yeah, recording just, the lines. Yeah. It's like the last yeah, thing he yeah. says before he dies. Yeah, he can die happy. Maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's the thing. You know, he's just making so. He's like, if I just keep making movies, one of these movies is eventually going to be Two Hundred Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. <laughs> I'd say petition for Nick Cage and more animated films um, or specifically yeah, petition for him to be in an animated. <laughs> right. Make him, make him Captain animated Nemo. Captain make his Nemo. dream come true. It's my dream now. <laughs> Dave, we should just make the movie at this point. Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> like, I mean, if, if we've learned anything from a score to settle, I think anyone can just, write yeah, Nick yeah. Cage and have him be in it. Not, not only can anyone write a Nick Cage movie, Anyone can have Nick Cage be in their movie. Yeah. I feel like at this point, yeah. if you just get enough money, he'll do it. Yo, yes. and, and if it's his dream role, he probably, he'll do it for free. Yeah, and we'll let him do whatever the fuck he wants. I don't care. I'll, no, we'll, but that's all I want. You, you'll be virtually undirected once you show up on set. Just come and do whatever you want. I, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, do you have do we All have right. any other like little things we want to get into before we call it? No, there. I, I mean, the last piece of business is to say thank you to yet for being on this just terrible movie <laughs> to talking about it with us. And you guys, thank you so much. I had such a good time. I, I mean, as much as I, I didn't even hate the movie. I just didn't understand it. <laughs> but like, I did not get it. Uh, but it was very, it was fun to talk about and a really, again, a really wonderful shared experience. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. we I'm all glad were there. there were other people yes. to witness for sure. this. Yeah. yeah. It, it did happen. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Um, yeah. do you have any, I know we kind of did it at the top, but do you have anything you want to plug? Oh yeah. Check out my horror movie podcast. We watched Mandy. Uh, and I think like we're probably going to watch Flicker Man. Okay, stop watching movies that we already watched. We already, we have the definitive opinions already. <laughs> Honestly, you no, can just, yeah. you should go download our episodes on that and then just repost it on your feed. Yeah, you can re-upload them. We don't care. <laughs> you can transcribe what we said and then you and Robin could read the script of the exact same thing we said and that's fine. You don't need to do any more thinking about it. Oh, actually, Andy Sell was on our Wicker Man episode. Oh God, I love Andy Sell. He's the fucking best. He is the best. The 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 last important thing is Tiet. Can you give us a, a panther roar to send us out? And and before you gonna, do, can you tell us a, a little bit about the panther that you are? Like, what? Wh- where is your panther? How old is your panther? And what is it doing as it's roaring? <laughs> Set the scene. I'm a really small panther. I might be a black cat. Confused as a panther. Uh-huh. Where are <laughs> I'm you? A little sleepy. I live in an alley. Mm-hmm. 
between, you know, between buildings and Echo Park, mm-hmm. kind of by the lake. I kind of go over there to check on the turtles as a cat, as a panther cat, as a tiny panther cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see That's it. That's me. I see you. Yeah. And, w- and we approach right. you in the alley. Yeah. And you turn to look exactly. at us and the sound you make. <laughs> I'm terrified. What a scary thing. <laughs>